It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. Hello and welcome to the BBC Countryfile magazine podcast, the podcast that explores the best of the British countryside. This episode, we return to the Timber Festival at the National Forest in Leicestershire to meet an old friend of the magazine, green woodworker Peter Wood. Peter uses traditional tools and techniques to create fabulous furniture, and he teaches others how to do the same. So we sent our own Eleanor Rosamond Barraclough to join him at the Pole Lathe to discover the wonders of green woodworking. This time on the BBC Countryfile podcast, we're in the National Forest in the Midlands for the Timber Festival, a gathering of craftspeople, artists, musicians and writers, all helping to celebrate and rethink our relationship with trees and forests. It's one of those lovely, green, balmy summer days. Um, you can just get the smell of the earth coming up from the ground and, and the fresh leaves and the cut woods. So who better to sit with under the forest canopy than Peter Wood of of Greenwood Days. So, hello. hello. So, Peter, tell me, am I right in thinking that you're, amongst other things, a chair botcherer? Is that yeah, right? Chair bodger. Gone. So, gone. Chair tell me bodger. what a chair bodger. A chair bodger. Well, I'm sort of a chair bodger, really a chair maker, but a chair bodger was someone who just turned up the chair parts for the Windsor chair making. That's the story, anyway. Um, and we'll, we'll stick with that. But um, he's someone that would turn up on a foot-powered lathe in the woods, turning up all the chair parts to sell on to the chair-making industry. And that's what we've got right behind us, isn't it? We've got this beautiful set of... We, 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 what, we've, what got, we've, got, we've got six foot-powered lathes. OK, so they're, they're, they're known as pole lathes. Some of them are run by a big, long pole, and some of them are a more, more modern version where it's run by a nice bungee cord. But this is... I mean, literally, we've just got these big pieces of tree connecting to... Where all these a, tre- a treadle, a yeah. treadle, and yeah. people are just like pushing it up and down pushing with the their feet. Pushing the treadle up and down. The piece of wood that they're turning is going backwards and forwards, reciprocating motion. And we've got some children, we've got some adults turning up little spinning tops out of some wood, some freshly felled wood from the national forest. So tell me, we're, we're under the canopy here. We're surrounded by trees. Mm-hmm. As someone who works with this material all the time. What does this look like to you? Are you looking at this in terms of resources, in terms of the aesthetic? What is this woodland for you? It, it, it's everything, really. I mean, it, it's my livelihood. It's, it's, it's great being in the National Forest, seeing the woodland grow up. Um, the wood that I'm, it's, it's great because the wood that I'm using this year, I, I, I run Greenwood Days where I teach people how to turn and how to make chairs and lots of traditional crafts, but we use a lot of the wood from the National Forest. And it's great this year because the wood that I'm using here is a bit of ash that was planted about 26 years ago in the forest when I first started doing the chair making. And now it's big enough that I can get it cut down and then we can turn it into um, chair parts and chair legs. So it's like everything coming full circle. And it's not just chair parts and chair legs that you're making, is it? I mean, you do long bows, you do all sorts of things. I do about 60 different traditional, well, not not different traditional crafts, but 
60 different courses. So we have spoon carving, we have cookster carving with little little drinking vessel, we have longbow making, we have basket weaving, we have, I do sort of seven day chair making courses. You can come along for a weekend and make a stool. You can come along and just learn how to sharpen your chisels and your knives and things like this. So a whole range of different courses. And you've got a whole range of people behind us here working these lathes. You've got everything from, I don't know, that little boy must be about seven yeah. up to... Being helped by their parents. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what sort of people do you find come on your courses? I mean, we're talking bankers, we're talking hippies, I mean, everything. Everybody, really. I mean, the la- I just finished the chair-making course last week. We had eight people, and we had some lovely guy, Jim, from Perth. We had someone else from the Isle of Wight. We had someone from, you know, over in Wales. Um, no, over in Norfolk, sorry, other side of the country. And then a, a few people locally. And so they all came, stayed, enjoyed. And they, and they were from sort of like 25. And I think the oldest person I've had on a course is 92. It's 92. And, and so not, not on this course, but on, on another course, he comes out, decided when he was 89 that he wanted to try something different and, um, and came out and made a chair. So what is it that draws people do you think to, to to coming on these courses is it is it the practicality of making something in your hand is it the psychological dimension what's going on it is the um so I have to say that I'm, I'm watching people um, working at the same time. So I'm keeping an eye. They're all, they're all going very well. Still but the, got their hands and legs. They still got their hands yeah. and legs. But the reason they come out is because they want to create something. Um, they, want, they, they literally come out and they start with a lump of wood and they go away with a beautifully crafted chair or spoon or whatever it is that they're ma- making. And um, it's, it's very mindful because it, you're just focused on what you're doing. It's a great space to learn because we're under the canopy. We've got big shelters. We, have, we all sit down together at lunch and have a bit of hot soup homemade bread that sort of thing I do try and encourage people to bring in a nice bit of homemade cake which is always good saves me cooking but also it's nice for people to share the experience with everybody else they get to know each other and when you're there for seven days then it's great watching people get to know each other and learn and and help each other in the experience because some people are better at one thing some people are better at a different skill and they just help each other along so it's great so what is it for you that got you into this in the first place? Is it anything other than your surname? I mean, Peter Wood's a pretty Peter perfect, it's, it's, isn't it? Um, I, I, it's a determinism, nominative determinism, if you can say that this early in the morning. Um, but... Um, no, I, I was going to be a furniture maker. Um, I, I was trained actually as a woodland manager and then doing furniture making. But someone lent me a lathe about 26, 27 years ago, taught myself from there, and then just carried on uh, making chairs, made chairs for five, six years. And then um, I really enjoyed teaching as well. And it's great seeing people with absolutely no skill, never having picked up a chisel, come out and at the end of it they go away with something they've created something great as well not just something oh that's okay something that when they go home people go wow you made that which sometimes is a bit you think you didn't think this person could do do it but no it's wow you did that that's amazing and it's something that they've created and it's going to last them the rest of their life you know do you think then there's something right he's, he's going off to actually see what what people are doing making sure that no one is actually going to lose a finger or anything so because I have to say there are some pretty sharp looking tools being used hence why the little boy is is getting quite a lot of help from his dad but it is amazing in fact I'm wondering if we can go up maybe we could ask we could ask the little boy let's go see if if he's happy to talk to us (laughs) 
what you can hear there is the sound of the lathe being pumped up and down and then the scrape of the wood as it's being carved away. Can you tell us what you're making? Um, a spinning top. It's a spinning top. So you're going to be able to take that home and then play with it? Is that the idea? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, we're under pressure here doing this. Yeah, now you're being watched, right? <laughs> so how's he doing, Peter? He's not doing too bad. It, it, it's good seeing um, the dad, I presume, and the son um, just working together. So, so it's a great sort of team building sort of thing. I mean, one of the things we do, I, I was speaking to um, a head teacher um, a few weeks ago, and he's now, he's doing some forest school stuff. And so he's bringing all the staff from his school out to the woods and they're going to learn a lot of different crafts and then take them back, you know, a team building day, and then take them back and um, take them into the classroom and use them in their forest school sessions. So what is it do you think that's making people so much more interested in these traditional crafts? I mean why for you is this so much better than using technology and electricity and all the rest of it? I mean, I'm not anti-technology, nope, so um, you know, I'll, I'll cut out the, the chair seats on a bandsaw because I've got 10, 20 to cut out. Um, I'll use some cordless drills out in the woods if needs be or we can use a bit and brace. Um, but especially with the lathe, it's the connection between the hand, the foot, the eye, and if you're doing it wrong, your foot tells you it's not cutting well, and you can really see the directness. And, and with, with everybody that's learning, it's relatively safe. Whereas when you've got a powered lathe flying around at 3,000 revs, it's a bit more, you know, it, it's a bit more intense. Let's, let's say that. So this is really relaxing. You can hear it's just gently up and down. There's, people are just engrossed in it. And that's the thing, people, people go away from a day's course and say, I've not thought about what was happening at home. I've not had sort of those worries. I've just been focused on what I'm doing. So it just draws you in and gets you to sort of, you know, just create something. And, and, and that's the thing that people like, the creation of something with their own hands. And it's almost then a, I don't know, like an act of meditation, isn't it? Something you can just be completely immersed in. Yeah, no, no, it, it is. You're, because you're learning new skills very quickly, um, you, you haven't got time to think about other things because if you're not focused exactly what you're doing with a chisel, or it'll bite. You know, it, not, not, not in a bad way, but it will sort of dig into the wood and you won't get a clean cut. And once you're sort of focused and getting that correct way of doing it, then it's really easy. And so you can sort of, on a, just a simple pole lathing greenwood experience there, you can see at the beginning, everything sounds a bit rough and scrapey and not working properly. And then as the morning goes by, things relax, people get into the swing of it, people can feel when it's working right and come lunchtime you're just listening and it all sounds really smooth and you can think ah you can you, I can just hear when people are cutting right with the chisel which is annoying for people sometimes because I'll be making a cup of tea and I'll say oh George on that lathe can you just lower your hand a little bit and you can hear when they're doing it right and when they're doing it wrong. So it's not just about the feel, it's actually the sound. So, I mean, how, how are they, how's everyone sounding right now? Obviously, they haven't had a whole morning. It, it, it's not too bad. Good tuition. <laughs> no, it, you, you can. And, and on something like this, it's a very simple thing and very, very quick and easy to do. But when, when you come on the course, then, you know, you, you, you can get a bit more complicated. But it is just the sound and the feel. And people say, oh, I've got it there. And you can hear them cut right for a few seconds and then wrong. And then they just keep bouncing back to the right cut and then 
it gets more consistent over the day. A little bit like when you're sawing wood, sometimes you can hear it bite or stick and then other times it's beautifully it smooth. beautifully and then you know you've got it, yeah. It's, it's when you split a piece of wood and sometimes it bounces and then you just put a bit more effort and it pops open beautifully and that's the right sort of, the right pressure. Are there then different woods that are good for different things? I mean, we're here in this beautiful, well, mostly oak wood. There's a little bit of holly, a bit of birch, and then obviously they're making these spinning tops out of mm. ash. But what are the different properties of the each, different woods? Each wood has a different property. Um, I'm using the ash at the moment because I use it in my chair making. It's very strong, very flexible, so just perfect for a chair. And also I can dry it very quickly once they've um, turned it while green. Um, but on another course they might be using birch which is very soft and so very easy to turn or a bit of cherry that's a really nice colour and, and for me especially as a chair maker you're looking at all the different properties um, if I'm making something out of a bit of oak it's less flexible than the ash so less strong in that respect so the chair becomes a little bit heavier but then it's a bit of oak so I think it deserves a bit of heaviness whereas the bit of ash is flexible and light so the chair comes out a little bit more delicate. And do you find that different types of woods are good for different projects, like a spoon versus a longbow versus a chair, for example? Yeah, definitely. It, it's nice. I teach students from various universities, and they come out, and they're looking at design, and I'm saying, one, there's a difference between the different species of wood, but also this bit of ash here is quickly grown, and that one is slowly grown, so that one's going to be no good for steam bending and this one's going to get a better finish. So it's not just between the species, it's between the way the tree has grown. Do you have a favourite wood to work with? Um, no, it, it, it's whatever project you're doing. So when I'm creating my chairs, I'm looking at the curves in the wood, I'm looking at the colour in the wood, I'm looking in the type of wood, and, and one day it'll be, that's the piece of wood that deserves to be made into that chair. And then a chair I made um, out of a bit of laburnum and oak, the laburnum I'd had for like 15 years and never seemed to suit the chair and then suddenly I thought I need a handle and that's the perfect thing there and it went together lovely and looked really nice and now it's gone to a nice new owner and but it took about 15 years for that piece of wood to fit the right chair. And here we are in the National Forest in the Midlands I mean do you find that regionally there's different types of wood that are particularly good for different things or is it Oh, the UK as a whole. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. No, no, there's so many different microclimates and different. If, if you go down to um, Devon, then you've got a longer growing season. The ash tends to be a bit, a bit stronger and a bit, and a bit quicker grown. If you go to um, Dorset, then it's hazel, sweet chestnut. You go further up, it's ash. You go further up, it's different, different trees, different, different regions, different properties, and so it's just knowing, knowing all those little things. So here in the National Forest, what is it, ash, oak? Ash, ash, oh, well it's, it's nice because it, it's a lot of young woods and so I'm using small diameter things. We're not talking timber trees, we're talking trees that are 100mm diameter, 200mm diameter, 4 inches, 6 inches, 8 inches diameter, not really something you're going to plank up, but thinnings, which is firewood, waste wood, but actually I can use it to make these lovely chairs. So it's, so it's, 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 it's full circle and every bit of the wood being used. Do you think we could come and listen to you telling people what to do, sure what not can. to do? Is that okay? Oh, you'll just hear me going, no, no, yes. <laughs> no, That's yes, it. of course you can, yes. <laughs> so, a little more out of there. Just there. Oh, just, just make it nice and small. So push up and down with your foot. That's it. And hear that sound? That's really nice. 
So you're just going backwards and forwards. That's a lovely cut there. And see how you're bringing it down to a small diameter. Lovely long shavings coming off. And then come around from this side. Really hear when you're doing it right, can't you? Yeah. Oh, that's there. That's better. Carry on with that. Let's just check who's who's in the. With an amazing that's glorious. That is. Yeah. You're almost there now. I think I I need to do just just take that little handle just a little bit smaller, and then, and then we're about there. Let's go and look at the next one. I'm going to come round, and then we want to bring this down to a bit of a point not too close to the end so that's lovely there and then we're going to straighten that up so bring it in a bit like that and then take just a bit a little bit more off with the chisel and make the handle just a little bit longer so okay. take a bit out of there a bit out of there let's come along to the next lathe and as we're going up and down, we're having to avoid these no, poles going just up and down in the air, just, just keeping the So take going. that a little bit smaller. That's it, in you go. I'm changing height because we've got different um, ages of people. We've got a youngster over here, so let's come along here. We've got a very tall dad and a short son, yeah. <laughs> and uh, which is nice. And a very small, uh, short lathe, because our lathes can adjust high and low depending on the age and the height of the person that's um, using it. In fact, this lad is doing very well because he's been pushing up and down for hours and hours and hours. He'll sleep well tonight. That's it. Can you really nice. See how nice and slow we can go? Slow it right down. It is, it's almost hypnotic, isn't it? You're watching these shavings come off in these little swirls and the, the sound yeah. is... And the nice thing is you can, you, can, you can make these really quickly. It's surprising how quick you can be. I don't like to tell people when they're learning, but it's about <laughs> a minute and a half to make a spinning top on the lathe. That's right, don't they, listen to him. They, they, they've been going a little while longer, let's say that. But then it's more beautiful as a result. It's more, I mean, it, this it's, is... their, it's, their own, it's their own thing. Bring it round like that. Yeah. yeah. That's on, onto that, that one. That one's done. And then this one. We've just got an empty lathe there with a huge pile of shavings underneath, and then pushing up and down. So you've just got a bit more pressure because okay. when when your foot is there, you just you just do you, you've not got okay. any leverage. All oh, right. So we're all. Okay. Let let me finish this one off because this is ready to be finished off. Down we come. So let's just smooth it down to a point because this is a spinning top. We need a nice point at one end, really close to the point, and then we'll just smooth it off there on the handle, and then we'll put the chisel back safely in the box, and we're going to saw it off. So let's take that off there. Okay, now we'll see how trusting people are. If you can hold the end of that um, spinning top for me, and I'll put the saw not too far away from your hands. You've got to hold it tight. There we go. One spinning top. Let's just check and see whether it works. 
I do say I get to keep it if it doesn't work. <laughs> when I put it upside down, oh, look at that. And there it goes, it's spinning. It spins. Thank you very much. If you push a bit of a drawing pin in the end, that okay. soups it up a bit more. Thanks. Brilliant. That's amazing, thanks very much. Well done. How do you feel having done that all by yourself then? Uh, quite good. Yeah. Quite good. What makes you want to come and do something like this in the first place? Uh, I'm not too sure. You, just, you really fancied having a go at this, didn't you? So, yeah. Um, we missed I started out at the park. Yeah, we started off at Hammer and Chisel, which the boys called the park. And we came last year and you contributed to that, didn't you? Yeah. But you've been dreaming about this and wanting to do this, haven't you? Yeah. I've got to say, you look really happy here just yeah, doing yeah. it, really. It, it's something about doing it physically with your hands, isn't it? It must be yeah. a lovely thing. Yeah. He's yeah. a boy of the woods, aren't you? This is your yeah. happy place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where are you up to next then? Where's the next? Uh... Should we go and have a look at the charcoal burner? Yeah. That's our friend down there with his charcoal burner, so we're going to go and check that out, aren't yeah. we? Go yeah. and show him your new spinning top then. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for your introduction. No worries. Peter, I think we're going to leave you. There's a there's a increasing queue over there. Massive queue. <laughs> Did you, did you expect to be so popular when you started out in this profession? It's, oh, oh, it, 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 well, it has increased year on year. I mean, when I first started doing the courses 20 years ago, um, I was doing one or two courses a year. And it just got bigger and bigger. And now most of my time in the summer is made up of just teaching people and passing on the skills. As I say, nearly 60 courses a year. And, um, and that's just me and other experts coming in and then, um, then over the winter then I get to sit in the workshop on my own and um, put some nice chairs together. And I have to say there is an amazing list of the courses you offer just in the tent over there and it's gone from five places left crossed out, four places yes. across crossed and now basically they're all gone. You've, yeah, you've got your business for the year. Yeah, that, that's it. There, there, there's five or six spaces over the year. I try and put extra courses on but then... There's no time. There's no time. But we, we sort of send out a newsletter to people and put it up on Facebook and Instagram, sort of hashtag Greenwood Days and at Greenwood Days. And um, there you'll find out sort of what new courses are coming up. And then about September time, we put out the next year's courses. And a lot of the first first months of courses get get um, get given as birthday and Christmas presents. It's great. Sort of you sort of see people coming out and you sort of say, well, who got this as a Christmas present? And like half the people put their hands up. Anybody got his birthday present yeah I got that anybody come on their own steam yeah we've got a few people like that and then it's um who's returning from last year a load of people put their hands up so it's great seeing old friends come back we've had one person been coming on courses for about 18 years um, good friends now but um, yeah he just keeps coming back on the new courses and, and, and set of, of chairs he's, he's probably made more chairs than me now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gives them away and auctions them off for charity so um, he's getting on a bit now and just comes and helps us uh, make the tea and, and enjoys being out in the woods so it's so it's great thank you to peter and eleanor for that lovely chat about green woodworking and conveying the joy and satisfaction of creating beautiful things from natural materials using traditional skills and tools you too can join peter wood for a green woodworking course and i highly recommend it having once made a wooden stool with his help and guidance it is one of my most treasured possessions you can find out more at his website greenwoodworkingdays.co.uk Tune in next time for more adventures in the countryside. And in the meantime, take a look at our website, countryfile.com, for all your countryside needs. Thank you for listening, and goodbye for now.